Good morning. <clears throat> Ryan, you look a lot better up here than sitting back there. It's a glorious day, a wonderful day that the Lord has made. He has brought us here together to worship Him and to talk about Him and to read His Word. This sermon actually started several weeks ago, and I had no clue of when it was going to be spoken. I didn't even know who the reading was, or what the reading was. But there was two parts of it that came on a beach on vacation. <clears throat> Hence the title, Footprints in the Sand. And, and you all know... I'm sure most of you have seen the plaque, the Footprints in the Sand poem, that, that uh, well, there's two sets of footprints on the beach, and it's Jesus and, and a Christian walking together, and then later on there's one set, and it's, Jesus asked, why? Why'd you leave me? And he said, no, I was carrying you. But, so this is a little similar, but probably about 20 minutes south of where we, we stay for vacation in the Outer Banks. There's a beach called Conquino, or Coquino, I can't remember if I had an in it or not for sure, beach, which is, you know, it's a ways away from everything, and it's pretty secluded, and I just found it two years ago. And when you go there in the mornings, there is no one there. And there's just this long stretch of pristine beach. And I like to walk right at the water's edge. And as you walk and just look for things that God has made, and you look at what he has made, that, that beautiful, pristine beach. <clears throat> and you turn around. And there's footprints. And the thought came to me, you know, I'm, as I'm walking, I'm messing up God's work. His creation was perfect. But as I'm walking across it, I'm leaving footprints, I'm scattering sand. But he says, that's okay. Because look further behind. And where the waves are coming up. His creation is perfect again. Any mark that I made was gone. In the end, it's God's work that matters. And what he has done to take away mine, my sin is gone. God is good. So we sat down at a meal not too long ago found out that I was going to have this sermon. And I have on several occasions stated the fact that this is a serious business. It just so happens in James where we 
we're going to read today that it says not many of you should become teachers my brothers for you will know what we, you know that we who teach will be judged greater with greater strictness for we stumble in many ways and if anyone does not stumble in what he says, he is a perfect man. I am not a perfect man. I will stumble. Lift me up in prayer. So I sat down and said, Lord, we, we need, a, we need a, a scripture for today. We need a scripture for our service. <clears throat> I have a little bit of apostolic left in me, you know, because we, we they tend to... Open scripture, that's what you preach. So I prayed that prayer. I said, God, I need, I know you gave me a start. I, I know you gave me a finish. I've got two slices of bread. What do you want for the meat? And James opened up. I go, well, wait a minute. We all know James. James is that gentleman that wrote about faith without works being dead. That, that's a work, workspace. Lord, I, I'm, I'm trying to bring out your greatness, what you have done, your strength, and not just talk about what we should look like and what we should, who, what we should be doing when we're, when we're He didn't say anything. <clears throat> I looked for another chapter. Kept going back. Looked for another chapter. Went back. By this time I had read James 3.13 to 4.19 approximately a half a dozen times. And I looked one more time for, for more and, and it didn't work out. I went back and now if I... It, as I stand before you right now, I've read this verse, this, these chapters, this chapter, these verses, probably close to 20 times. And for something that I was afraid to bring out, because I thought it was not what God had put together for this sermon. This morning I walked upstairs and I was like this. And I told my wife, I can't do this. I can't bring out what God has in this chapter because there's too much. So let's pray. Let's pray that God's Spirit will move again today. It's already moved once. Let's pray that it's for all of you and wasn't just for me this morning. Let's pray that God can give us strength, growth, and understanding. Heavenly Father, we come before you this morning and we just we plead with you, Lord, that you could work through someone who is 
so unworthy to bring out a word that is so marvelous, so fantastic, so joyful, so saving. Father, we need you every hour. And this is an hour of need, Lord. Just help your word, your truth to come forth. Always to glory, our almighty God and his son, who is our savior on the cross. Whom we love with all our hearts. His name, amen. So we're going to start at chapter 3, verse 13, and read through 419. Who is wise and understanding among you? By his good conduct, let him show his works. That's where I got the first time I read this chapter. And I go, works. By his good conduct, let him show his works in the meekness of wisdom. But if you have bitter jealousy and selfish ambition in your hearts, do not boast and be false to the truth. This is not the wisdom that comes down from above, but is earthly, unspiritual, demonic. For where jealousy and selfish ambition exist, there will be disorder in every vile practice. But the wisdom from above is first pure, then peaceable, gentle, open to reason, full of mercy and good fruits, impartial and sincere. And a harvest of righteousness is sown in peace by those who make peace. What causes quarrels and what causes fights among you? Is it not this, that your passions are at war within you? You desire and do not have, so you murder. You covet and cannot cannot obtain, so you fight and quarrel. You do not have because you do not ask. You ask and do not receive because you ask wrongly to spend it on your passions. You adulterous people. Do you not know that friendship with the world is enmity with God? Therefore, whoever wishes to be a friend of the world makes himself an enemy of God. Or do you suppose it is to no purpose that the scripture says, He yearns jealously over the spirit that he has made to dwell in us, but he gives more grace. Therefore, it says, God opposes the proud but gives grace to the humble. Submit yourselves Therefore, to God, resist the devil and he will flee you. Draw near to God, he will draw near to you. Cleanse your hands, you sinners. Purify your hearts, you double-minded. Be wretched and mourn and weep. Let your laughter be turned to mourning and your joy to gloom. Humble yourselves before the Lord and he will exalt you. Who is wise and understanding among you? By his good conduct, let him show his works in the meekness of wisdom. And if we stop there, like I tended to do the first time I read this, 
I couldn't really tell you what's showing works in meekness of wisdom with good conduct was all about. I would assume it's me living my life as I'm supposed to live it. We was to continue on. It says, but if you have bitter jealousy and selfish ambition in your hearts, do not boast and be false to the truth. And then the next words, this is not the wisdom that comes down from above. Wait a minute. So if my meekness of wisdom is the wisdom that comes down from above, What's my selfish ambition and jealousy? It starts to make sense. The works that are good are coming down from above. Our bitter jealousy is, and the selfish ambition in our hearts is the belief that we can possibly be good in and of ourselves. My selfish desire tells me I don't need God. My selfish desire says I can do this. I mean, doesn't the word just say, oh, I I need good conduct to show my works? But no, it's not us. This is all about Jesus Christ and God the Father and the Holy Spirit. And this is in James. For a jealousy and selfish ambition to exist, there will be... Okay, let me go back up a little. This is not wisdom that comes from above, but is earthly unspiritual, and demonic. And this is something that James doesn't pull any punches, guys. This isn't just fleshly. This is demonic. James helps us understand really who we are, how far removed from God Jealousy, selfish ambition exists, and there will be disorder in every vile practice. But the wisdom that from above is first pure, then peaceable, gentle, good to reason, full of mercy and good fruits, impartial and sincere. That sounds a lot like something Paul said. Galatians. 522. But the fruit of the Spirit, the fruit of where? My fruit? Is, is, is the fruit that James was talking about my fruit that he, he expected us to bring in good conduct? No, it's the fruit from above. And the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control against such things there is no law. 
So the works we're talking about being seen through us are not our works. This last, oh, a week ago past Saturday, we had a, a couple of visitors. And it's my wife's cousin. And to be quite honest, we were there was some trepidation about them coming to visit. They belong to a very, very conservative denomination. But they wanted to see Grandma. And we sat down and talked for a while. And we shared. And Marvin has thyroid cancer. It's stage four. He doesn't have a whole lot of hope for being cured. He has said several times during conversation, yes, I want to live. But the most important thing I want is to be joyfully able to glorify God. We can't do that on our own. It was amazing. The only way it's possible in the face of that face of that situation is to have the wisdom from above the fruit of the Spirit working in your heart. I want to joyfully glorify my God even in my situation. When they left, it was not because of his illness. It was not because we were family. Hadn't talked to him in if I'd ever talk to him. But when they left, we loved them. And they loved us. And where we shook hands when they came in, we embraced as they left. And that is not from the works of a physical work. That is because God is working through each one of us and he is shining through us and he is attracting and touching and changing lives. I have a niece. I've mentioned her before, Carol. She's amazing. And during her daughter's wedding ceremony yesterday, we had the preacher Say, you know, I was in the hospital preparing for heart surgery. And I was down and out, and I was feeling sorry for myself. And Carol and Brittany walked through my door. Their smiles, their love, their faith 
in spite of Carol's condition. Changed my life. He didn't just say changed his day. He said changed my life. That's God working through Carol. That's God reaching down with the Holy Spirit, putting the peace, the love, the joy that she has for God in her heart. There will come a day that Marvin and Carol will leave this earth. But I want to tell each and every one of you, so I remind you of something. When the physician that they went to, we had the same physician. We are all going to die. Every last one of us. We don't get out of this alive. The only difference is they might have an idea that it's closer. That I could drop right now. What they leave behind and what we can see, what they're leaving behind is the joy of the Father. And what we should leave behind is the same. When when they're gone and people look, and when we're gone and people look, it should be what did Max leave behind? It should be God. His life was all about God. God worked through him. And it wasn't Max. It wasn't Carol. It wasn't Marvin. Praise God that he can work through us and is willing to. And gives us so much. And at this rate, we're not going to get anywhere close to the second part of the beach. And what that what their work does is sow a harvest of righteousness. A harvest of righteousness is sown in peace by those who make peace. Those souls that let the Spirit work are sowing a harvest of righteousness. What causes quarrels and what causes fights among you is it not this? And I'm going to go down through. You have desire. You murder because you can't obtain. You fight and quarrel because you don't have. You pray and you don't get it. Why? Because we all, we all have a loss without God. Whether, whether, we're, whether we know God, Jesus is a Savior, or we don't know Jesus at all. If we're not allowing, as a believer, we don't allow the Spirit to work. As a non-believer, we don't allow Jesus to work. We're in the situation, we're praying and we're, we're praying amiss. We don't, we're, we're looking for something we can't reach, what we can't attain. There's, without God, we can't attain it. So it says, whoever wishes to make a friend of the world, being a friend of the world is not going out and loving them and trying to bring them to God. 
that is what God wants us to do. But actually being a part and, and taking care of their actions. Whoever wishes to be a friend of the world makes himself an enemy of God. An enemy of God. An enemy of God. Or do you suppose it is of no purpose that the scripture says, He, God, yearns jealously over the spirit that he has created in us, that he has made to dwell in us. He yearns jealously over the spirit that he has made to dwell in us. God had created us with a... And I I, I looked at this verse a long time and I didn't get it. I'm I'm slow. I'm really slow because it's not that difficult, but I couldn't get it. God made us with a perfect spirit. He made us the spirit of love. The spirit of oneness with himself. And we messed it up. And he wants it back. We became his enemy. And he wants to love us. He wants us back so much that even though we're his enemy when we don't know him, that we've taken that spirit and totally trashed it, requiring his son to go to the cross. The next verse says, but he gives more grace. How much grace? More grace. Enough grace? More grace. Twice as much as needed grace? More grace. This is one of those words, these sentences that really, really I love and one of them I brought up before. This is the full measure of his measurable love. Can you imagine right now the grace that is flowing in this room? Folks, it is all around us. There's not just enough. There's more. It isn't just sufficient. There's more. If you are sitting today and you're walking in his saved by Jesus Christ and the spirit is being quenched within you. This room is full of grace for you to help that spirit to work, to help those fruits come, to let your light shine If you don't know Jesus Christ as a Savior today, there's grace. Not just enough for one or two of us that may be sitting in this room, but for every individual who does not know Him. Plus more. We can't limit 
that word. We can't measure it. We can't weigh it. We can't hold it. There's more. More grace. If we don't know Him today, the grace is there. For your life to be changed forever. It says, humble yourself. Humbling yourself for that grace to work is simply saying, God, I know that I'm a sinner. I know that I need saving. God, I believe that your Son is the Son of God. I believe that your Son, Jesus Christ, died and shed His blood for me on the cross. And I accept that that, that saving sacrifice. that I believe your Son rose again. And because of His resurrection, I can raise from the grave that I am going to go through. I am going to die. But I can raise, be saved forever, live with you in eternity after I've let your light shine, after I've let your fruits of the Spirit that you're going to give me shine through me here on this earth and show those people around me that are in need of you what your love means to me. The rest of this reading is pretty much adding on to that. And I will go through it. More grace. He gives more grace. Therefore, it says God opposes the proud but gives grace to the humble. Submit yourselves to God. Repent. Resist the devil. Repent. And he will flee from you. Draw near to God. Repent. And he will draw to you. Cleanse your hands, you sinners. Repent. And purify your hearts. Repent. You double-minded. Be wretched and mourn and weep. Let your laughter be turned to joy and your joy to gloom. Repent. Humble yourselves before God, and He will exalt you. The IV says, Humble yourselves before God, and He will lift you up. Don't worry about lifting yourself up. Ain't gonna happen. All you have to do is say, God, I need you. Whatever lot your life is right now, whether you are a saved individual who can't feel the Spirit, or someone who needs saving so desperately. There's grace enough. He will reach down. God will embrace you in His arms. He will, by Himself, without your help, lift you up. He will say, here's my son. Here's my sacrifice. Here's my love for you. Here's my grace. Here's my spirit. Take it and be alive for the first time in your life. Actually be alive. It's all 
because of him and his word. So that came after. God gave me the beach. And the second part of the beach was this. After about two hours of walking and thinking and talking, I looked back again. And there were still footprints behind me. But further back, there was footprints that had been cleansed. Also, the thought came to me. <clears throat> yeah, I like to say God spoke to me, but is, is it God or is it me? Just on what God wants and what He what He says in His Word. But it came to me. Why are you looking back? You know I've got it covered. You know I'm, I'm cleaning away your, your, the, the marks that you leave from your imperfection. Why are you looking back? What do you see looking ahead? Christine Beach. None of my work. I haven't been here yet. It's God's work. So... Look ahead. Look ahead. Because the more we get into God, the more we get into letting His Spirit work through us, the more we become a, car- a Carol or a Marvin. <clears throat> the less of our footprints we'll see in the sand. And when we have walked over the beach of life and, and come to the end and we look look back we'll, and, and people looking forward will still see a pristine beach because the marks won't be ours, they'll be God's. We just thank him so much for his word. Even sometimes when we don't care to read it. Because what's in his word will change our lives. Praise be to God. Praise his holy name. Heavenly Father, we thank you so much for blessing us with your word. And Lord, I know that there's words that still could have been spoken and should have been spoken. Your servant isn't as strong as some. We pray that you would bless what we have read and heard, it would grow in us until all that's left is you. In your son's name.